Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Raw Review. We are the Dudley Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Monday Night Raw, that's a friend of mine now, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! We've done our AW Collision pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews. Roundtable discussions and a round of the week complete with a learning quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Raw. Apologies for the delay, technical difficulties, but we should all be sorted now. What did you make of last night's show, Hamlet? When WWE was full on shoot crud, you would often start these podcasts going, uh, another divisive edition of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I didn't know, I said it was crap. It wasn't divisive back then, it was dreadful. This one feels like a divisive episode of Monday Night mm. Raw. I uh, engaged, as we do every day, we're all nerds. Before you arrived in the office, Wilborns, I was aware there was a numerical advantage going for the year these days. In uh, a brief bit of raw crack with my colleagues Michael Sidgwick and Andy Murray, also of this parish, and uh, quite the disagreement on the old quality of this show, I thought it was great. Of course you did. (laughs) I didn't think this was very good at all. I'd love the opening segment. I'm going to put it over. Yeah. Verve and enthusiasm. But I, I just didn't have a lot of time for virtually anything else. I didn't think I was going to enjoy this show as much as I did. I thought there was going to be quite a few middling matches. And then there, well, was, there, one, there was one This bit. was great in spite of all that wrestling they put on it. That was what shocked me. Apart from the main event. Actually. There was one bit where I, I thought, oh, do I dare let myself hope for something like that? We'll get it, get into it later. And I, I don't want to over-promise or, or don't want to, to speculate on something that... Me and Andy talked a little bit about the news regarding Big E, but the, the element of that where I went from, oh, it's just gone to a no contest to what does this mean? Why are they doing this this way? And mm-hmm. Gunther coming back next week, et cetera, et cetera. I'm glad Cody just, you know, finally triumphed in that. But yeah, it was a show that the main talking point was the opening segment. So let's just dive straight into it, I suppose. Yeah, why not? Um, the show opened with uh, Cody Rhodes smiling, walking through Portland, wasn't it? Uh, walking through the, the arena. Um, and the announcer started talking about his match. <laughs> Drew's like, enough of that. I got something I want to see. He's already in the ring. Um, he said last last week was all or nothing for him against Seth Rollins. As you can see, he has nothing. He doesn't have the title. He had the match won, but he cost him cost himself the match with his overzealous pin, allowing Rollins to get a rope break. Uh, maybe everyone was right, said Drew, in suggesting that he was holding himself back. Maybe 
maybe it's time to step away from WWE and get my head straight. Um, not easy thinking that way, and the crew, crowd aren't happy here and here in this. Um, but then he says, actually, I've been replaying the match in my mind and realised I didn't lose straight up because uh, I was cost of the match by Damian Priest, who's an idiot. Um, he's trying to cash in. Should have just waited till after the match, after I'd won the title to take advantage. Yeah, he's an idiot, and he cost them both. And uh, he talks about CM Punk being gone for nine years and then welcome back with open arms. Maybe he should do the same. And this, of course, brings out CM Punk, who gets you huge behavior and um, announces we're in Piper country. He's a bit disappointed that uh, Drew hasn't worn a kilt. Uh, and he says, look, Rowdy Roddy Piper was known for talking. I'm known for talking as well. Um you're not known for talking as much, true, but that's all you seem to be doing since I came back. So uh, if you had something to say to me, I want to hear it in person. And he sits like Eddie Guerrero on the top rope, and the crowd chaffing him. He lifts the microphone. We've all seen the image doing the rounds on social media today, and McIntyre's like, okay, well, um, congratulations, congratulations on still being here a month later. Uh, a lot of guys in the back, and a lot of guys at What Culture, um, had a bet <laughs> on how long he'd last, and he's costing them money. Pasty bets in the Fed. Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, he didn't care what Punk had said outside the company. He cared about what Punk did to him personally. Um, and he remembered when they were together previously. And he was traveling with Punk. He knew the real Punk. Uh, when Punk was champion and he called himself the locker room leader. Uh, and McIntyre had his uh, issues. He was in a dark place. He needed a leader. But Punk saw him as a threat. And he just wasn't there to help. Um McIntyre tried to ask Randy Orton for help, but McIntyre, uh, Randy Orton had his own demons. Punk was straight edge. He didn't have any demons. He was the demon. Called Punk a succubus. Um, he doesn't need a leader anymore, though, because he's the leader, kid. And Punk says, look, I've called myself a lot of things. I've never called myself a leader, though. I'd lead by example. Um, you know, I watched you walk away from this company just the way I did, and then you came back, and you main-evented WrestleMania. Uh, you won the title. And uh, now I'm back to uh, win the Royal Rumble and main event WrestleMania 2. Um, he said, I'm not a demon, but when pushed, I am Satan himself. He also said, I'm a real nice guy until it's time not to be. And he almost looks at his watch here. Um, he's not here to be a nice guy, though. He's here to win the Rumble and main event WrestleMania. Uh, McIntyre says, I've already main evented WrestleMania. Um, I stepped up during the pandemic. If you were in my shoes, though, you'd have left because when the going gets tough, you get out of there. Um, I'm going to eliminate you from the Royal Rumble. Um, and then I'm going to go on to WrestleMania, but this time I'm going to do it for myself, not for the fans. And Punk says, get a little bit spicy in here. I'm going to set an example. I'm going to leave before I knock your teeth down your throat. No one's going to stop me from winning the Rumble, said Punk. Not you, Drew. Not Seth Rollins. Not Cody Rhodes. But because I'm such a nice guy in the Royal Rumble, I'm going to throw you out last. Sublime. Absolutely mm. sublime. Uh, the, like the best, realistically, the best kayfabe character in WWE right now like interacting with the best in the world and a guy that's just like white hot as close as what you get to white hot in WWE and CM Punk in the back and they're together. Like I mentioned yesterday on the preview that I thought he could, Punk could eat a Claymore because I assumed it would be Punk doing a promo being interrupted by a pissed off Drew and instead WWE flipped it and I think it was much better mm. for that, by the way. Um, the idea that like Punk was going to come out and say something, but he was felt like he'd been called out a little bit and now he's back in the fiction of this, that won't stand. This is so much better, and I continue to love, and I think pretty much after like that big SmackDown promo he cut, which was the long version of the Raw one he couldn't, we've been in CM Punk, the fictional character, way more than, like, what's Phil doing back and what's he going to do? They've, with the Seth Rollins promo and then with this one, they've found a way to fold those two things together, and I have a lot of faith they're going to do that at least to WrestleMania, because the 
I want a rain event WrestleMania works just as well in the fiction as we know it does and did in CM Punk's reality. It's sort of perfect. Yeah. It's like, this is what, like, they can boil down, CM Punk was pissed off. What you should do is listen to, like, two two-hour-long Colt Cabana podcasts. What WWE will tell you is, is because he couldn't main event WrestleMania. And by the way, that's enough. Just lean on that because it's WrestleMania season and it folds perfectly into your story. Fantastic. So smart. And Punk, in one promo here, puts over the importance and the stakes of the Royal Rumble in a far superior way. So I suggested throwing out 29 guys. No, he is saying he is better than the 29 guys because listen to some of the 29 guys. And Punk is saying he's better than him and better than him. Like, he name-checked Cody Rhodes here. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just telling you, I think I'm better than him and I'm going to win this match because I believe that and we know this about Punk's conviction. Uh, really great writing. Like, Punk... <laughs> AW have inadvertently killed like the devil being a cool thing to say for a bit. So that's why <laughs> that's why it felt a bit weird him saying Satan. Like you think I'm the demon, I'm the devil would have been the line, but obviously you've got to say Satan instead. But the way that they set up that Punk could call himself that was inspired, as was Punk drawing the ca comparison between Drew's story and his. Yeah. They did that with Seth as well. I credit Triple H with this because we've seen this a lot lately. They will we talked about this with another Drew segment, I think it was, I think the Sami Zayn. They will find ways, this yeah. creative team in Triple H, of linking wrestlers in a way that you haven't thought about until they're out there. And then you go, oh, yeah, of course. That's sort of inspired. And now there's a reason to hate each other. Punk causes on shot for the Rumble. I'll eliminate you last. Is that the finish? Like, is that the freaking finish to the Rumble? Because he's basically writing Cody out of it. If so, like, and yet another, of which there's a list that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, of exhilarating potential CM Punk matches, if he can actually see out this three-year contract, a proper no-notes CM Punk raw opening. This is really, really strong. Gripped throughout. There was an energy in this segment that I thought was missing from the Seth Punk one. Um, something about Seth, oh, I don't have to like bury that to put over this, but it's just a useful comparative exercise because I just felt like the energy here was just different, even though I've heard nor read any sort of story about any animosity mm. existing between Drew and Punk. They simply, through excellent verbal performances and body language, kind of magicked it out of thin air. That's great wrestling storytelling. That's great drama. That's great promo work. Um, there's just a spice to this, like to use Punk's own phrase. And Drew McIntyre's just so dialed in. He just seems so bound and determined to be like the brick house mm. george costanza that's his character at the moment every perceived slight he's just pissy about it <laughs> like i suffer from cm punk fatigue i think a few people do as well mm -hmm. where it's like i'm just kind of bored of this whole discourse the fact that he overshadows everything the fact that you know it's just impossible to sort of view him as this on-screen character without all of the, the baggage that he carries mm. and i get it I've experienced it maybe more than most, and yet he's so good. And Drew McIntyre was every bit as much here. I thought he was on incendiary form. He is so good, CM Punk, and so compelling, and such a star that I watch countless, quote-unquote, great wrestling matches per week. This performance was so, like, edgy. Mm-hmm. Like, it did have that combustible element. I kind of did want to see Drew McIntyre claim Warham in the face, if I'm <laughs> being perfectly honest. Like, they were sort of previewing here a two- to three-minute Royal Rumble interaction, and they did a more commendable, genuinely intriguing job of doing that than I've seen of 
countless promos, setting up a, a proper feature-length 20-minute match. Mm. This is so good. Though Drew McIntyre kind of, out, no, I don't want to say outclassed him, but he's just, Drew, in his character, and maybe his real-life personality, and that's why one influences the other and enhances the other, just seems like he just does not want to be denied at the moment. Mm. Like, he's just ready to just put the gloves on and go blow for blow. He seems so motivated to make something big out of this. And again, we're talking about a potential, maybe a Raw match in February, maybe building off maybe like a two to three minute interaction at the Mm -hmm. Rumble. And they just sold me on that more than I've been sold on a lot of matches recently. I think sometimes with like when somebody's ascended to the next level of superstardom in pro wrestling, I think a lot of it is just when you know and a lot of wrestlers will tell you that it's happening, such as Drew telling you physically he's ready to beat Brock and then he does at WrestleMania. Or Drew around Clash at the Castle, talking himself up as the guy that can stop Roman Reigns. Mm. And you're buying it for the context of the program, but never really feeling in your guts. This was only selling that both men are going to be in the Rumble, but there he is, going nose to nose with CM Punk. Not just standing his ground, I agree with you, but points, like, outperforming him. Mm -hmm. Like, so he's just showing you that. Punk flubbed the line here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's not, like, Drew isn't telling you, I'm ready for Roman, I'm ready for Brock. He's just showing you that he can absolutely match Punk and at times, like, outdo him on the microphone. Just on Punk, by the way, because I felt this, I, I didn't want to come across defensive of him, of course I would, after his first Raw speech, because the SmackDown one was obviously superior. And the point I was trying to make back then was, they absolutely have to do the reality bit. But the trick with CM Punk is always that the fiction is loads more fun. The man is an absolutely fantastic pro wrestling performer. Mm-hmm. Like, he was the best version of himself as an AW wrestler when he was dialed into a fictional program with MJF. He's the best... WWE superstar when he's just engaged yeah. in the stories. Like, the reality comes with him. So it's often a balancing act. And offered to shave his head, didn't he? I forgot to mention Oh, there was like yeah. a straight edge superstar thing, you know, like, and like when he comes into AEW and cuts that amazing promo in the first dance, you have to do it. You have to talk about why you've been away. When he returns to WWE and you have that very awkward Raw one, and then you have the SmackDown one that sort of squares that away, you have to do it because there's all of this baggage. There's, it's punk. There's always a lot of baggage to discuss. The collision return. It just gets engaging to me when he's a wrestler, when he's yeah. a pro wrestler again. Yeah. This is the fun bit. Punk himself said, this is supposed to be fun with that snarky look of his. <laughs> I think that's what he means by that. He'd rather be CM Punk, the fictional character, than, oh, what's Phil going to say? Yeah. yeah. Know, his magic is balancing it. I really like the way they did the next thing as well, because it was, it was Champa versus Balor, obviously. If Champa wins, DIY get themselves a title shot. But yet more evidence of things changing under Triple H and obviously things changing with the departure of Kevin Dunn. Because I've never seen them do this, something like this before. Tommaso Ciampa basically walking with Johnny Gargano through the backstage area, through to Gorilla, cutting a promo saying, this is must win. DIY, I've got New Year's resolution. We want to win the tag titles. And then he burst through the curtain to make his entrance against Finn Balor. So resourceful. Mm-hmm. That was really inspired. And you want to just see... Like, it's the thing is, the Kevin Dunn thing, we haven't really had a chance to speak about no. how this is massive. I think it, it, it isn't, it isn't. I think he's not been as present. You know, the news is big that he's gone, but I think the changes are going to be slightly overstated because it's a bit like what Sidge was always, always said about Vince and Triple H. Like, look what tree Triple H sat under, uh-huh. what learning tree. This entire production of this promotion has sat under Kevin Dunn's learning tree, whether they've liked it or not, yeah. for 30 odd years. And like the quick cuts are not just going to disappear tonight. Like the the commentary like under Triple H is obviously vast superior because you are taking away the man that screams in their ears. <laughs> like there's people in Kevin Dunn's production truck that have only learned to produce WWE through him. Mm. It's going to take segments like this 
because a lot of it, I think, will remain the same. Mm-hmm. Like the WrestleMania set's not going to stink this year just because Kevin Dunn's not there. <laughs> it's still going to look great. Um, so, yeah, a really enjoyable uh, back and forth early on, understandably between these two. It's only the second time they faced each other, of course. Um, but Gargano's out there with Champer and Priest is out there with Balor and a Priest distraction uh, allows Balor to knock Champer into the announce table to take us to a break when we come back. Uh, Balor's in control, sets up, tries for the coup de grace, but Champer avoids it. Crucifix pin gets a two count. Champer wants to hit his finisher, but Priest hits the apron. Uh, so Champa tries to knock him off. Doesn't really have any effect. So Gargano tries to take him down. Priest fights him off. Looks like he's going to raise his edge, uh, Gargano, through the table. But uh, Gargano escapes through the help of Champa kneeing Priest in the face. As he's getting back in the ring, though, Bala kicks the middle rope into his cack. Um, goes for a vertical suplex, but Gargano, a little bit late, um, grabs uh, Bala's foot. That allows Champa to sort of reverse it midair. Lands on him. Gets the one, two, three. Bala can't believe it. Champa... And Gargano, DIY will get a title. I shot. thought this sucked. I thought this absolutely sucked. I uh, watched it on the Discovery app, TNT Sports, ironically, um, in the UK. And I watched it, saw some moves happen. Big old commercial break. They return from the commercial break. Babyface Johnny Gargano is a dickhead. <laughs> and then the match ends. What? Yeah, I thought this was the weakest point of the whole show. Uh, I, I, I'm so excited to discuss a potential Judgment Day tag team title match later on this broadcast. Oh, oh guys, we do not all bloody oh, day. Yeah. yeah, they haven't had a chance to listen to me yet. It's just you guys that are bored of it. Uh, bored. This was not it. This was a match to build a match that I don't want to watch. Like, Triple H, and this is not the first time he's made this mistake, genuinely seems to think that wacky pranks to Johnny Gargano is like <laughs> a charming baby face. And I don't blame Gargano for that. I blame I Triple can't, H. I kind of blame them both. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the performer and the promotion in lockstep here. But I blame Triple H for continuing on thinking this is what people want out mm. of Johnny... Or DIY, for that matter. Like, they were so annoying as a bit wacky that I was like, oh, they must be turning heel then. I c- if I don't think that, then I can only assume that this is just bad broken. Gargano's body language and the way he celebrated it was so obnoxious that you forget. Obviously, Priest has tried to... And for, like, months now, mm. if not, like, over a year or whatever, the Judgment Day have been doing this sort of thing. Mm. It should register as, well, you got what you deserved. Yeah. Turnabout is fair play. Yeah. Because jo- Johnny Gargano is so obnoxious as this type of wrestler, right? That it's sorry, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> that I just, uh, uh, God. Yeah. It's that face he pulls, isn't it? Got him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Becky Lynch is backstage with Jackie Redmond. Uh, talks about losing to Nia Jax, of course, at uh, day one. Says, look, I, I knew before the match, if Jax hits me as hard as she can, I'll end up in hospital with broken bones. But she did hit me as hard as she can. And while I did lose and I got my mouth busted open, I dusted myself off and I just said, oh, I'll be in the Rumble. Um, <laughs> she said, last time I declared for the Rumble, I main evented WrestleMania. Um, I didn't end Jax the way I wanted to, but Jax didn't end me either. This isn't the end. This is just the beginning. I like this promo and I liked it more after the one featuring Nijax yes. later on. I think it's some... Very, very nice booking taking place between Becky Lynch and those two women. Anything you want to say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we see a replay before this next match of uh, the unfortunate injury for uh, Giovanni Vinci with Kofi Kingston last week. Vinci's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Get well soon, of course, Giovanni Vinci. As a result of that, we got Kofi Kingston versus Ludwig Kaiser. Skip. Skip. Yeah. Uh, it went to a, a, a double count out. Yeah. No five-star review review today. I do apologize, um, but the technical issues have been... Uh, keeping us rather busy today. Basically, what's happened is that 
We're not doing a five-star review review today because Adam Wilborn had zero time to prepare any notes or to watch any footage because when he's not been podcasting, he's been trying to knuckle down for bloody once <laughs> and just really work out what the hell's been going on. Yes. Anyway, it's resolved. Yes. All fixed. And yeah, everything will return to normal and we will get back to five-star review reviews next week. If you want to submit one, by the way, uh, you can leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or you can leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Uh, but skip, it still means skip. It went to a double count out. And we've got to talk about what came afterwards. Because afterwards, Kofi was like, oh, I thought I'll beat you in. Ref was like, no. Um, and so he hit a suicide dive on uh, Ludwig Kaiser, who thought, okay, fair enough. Oh, match is over. So just shoved his thumb in Kingston's eye. Uh, Kingston fought back. Officials separated them. The crowd were like, let him fight. And uh, Kingston was like, yeah, actually, let's go and have a fight. <laughs> I've seen this replayed about 20 times on social media today because Ludwig Kaiser is such a good spot. I know they have the steel chairs and that's made of steel. I don't can't remember a bad spot where they launch one of those big wheelie leather chairs. He just nailed it. The, the, Looks the, great, isn't it? Oh, remember one's the Braun Roman one, of yeah. course. But this was awesome as well. Yeah, Lesnar took out a security yeah. guard. <laughs> yes. He was absolutely goaded. They're too big and cumbersome to fly. Yeah, yeah. and yet they do. When they throw them wheels first. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he hoid that at Kingston's face, and uh, Kingston eats it, and uh, he sort of slumped over the stairs, and uh, Kaiser's like, ah, oh, that's enough. Psych! Runs all the way around, drop kicks Kofi Kingston's head into the steel steps. Uh, he was fizzing when he went backstage. We'll talk about this here as well. It's all Kofi Kingston's fault what happened to, to Vinci. Uh, now I'm the only one here carrying the weight of Imperium. He took Vinci's head, so tonight I took his. Where are they going with this? A match. Well, <laughs> <laughs> a match between the New Day and Imperium. But it, do we dare to dream about Big E? Yeah, Tagger a six man. Uh, I, I don't want to dream. I'll be just happy to see it. Loads nice. of people were speculating about this on, on, on uh, social media and, and messages about it on the news this morning. And I, whilst I'd love to sit here and go, yes, it, we don't know what the situation is with Big E at the end of the day. Yeah, I'd love, he's just the best. Yeah. Like in a totally tribalist world. And it sucks. You just surely expect like, who, if like if Big E doesn't pass your vibe check, yeah, right, you're a bad person. Yeah, <laughs> if Matt Striker passes your vibe check, <laughs> yeah. you're a bad. We should. That's how. That's how we should determine every the rest is in the middle. Is that a scale? Yeah, <laughs> we should. That's a scale, and we should determine entry to like afterlives. I'm like, who passes your vibe check and who doesn't? <laughs> You're probably a bad person if, you know, if you can like dig that. Matt Striker and not Biggie. Like, <laughs> name, hell for you. <laughs> you. I will say that, you know that meme of the woman going, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I went a bit like that when I saw uh, Countdown finish, but oh, Kaiser's going crazy. <laughs> and Bro that's was quite way good. better than the match. The Bro I, was way better than uh, Something about, I don't have to do the thing. It's 2024. Yeah, say me. Very synthetic, the WWE presentation. Mm -hmm. There's a certain energy and chaos missing from it because it's very polished. Like by their design, it's mm. not me just interpreting it cynically. It's yeah. just a very polished TV friendly. It is the product. way they want it to be. It is. Yeah. So when you got Kaiser look going full harm, it kind of registers mm -hmm. and it looks like he's very intense. So I kind of had a lot of time for this post match. I like the idea because Gunther's back next week, isn't he? Yes. It? And it'd be quite nice for Kaiser now. So I, I don't like the Imperium recension, never have. But right now would be the time to be scoring points. Like saying, oh, look, I'm defending, uh, like falling here, you know, like Giovanni Vinci's gone, I'll do whatever I can to fight for him. 
that may be the best <laughs> boss. But the the tag. It's weird how they care about Vinci now. Yeah. The, well, because they, they should probably drop just drop the dissension, shouldn't they? It was really yeah, bad. So they should probably it's kill it's that. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, the tag match is fine. The six man would be amazing. It would be, it'd be magic. The New Day and Imperium as part of a celebration of Big E's return would be magic. Pitch, pitching people. Sorry, Chad Gate. Well, pitching people to take the title off Gunther. Who better than Big E at WrestleMania? Oh, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Again, like, it's proper lamb out the way in The Simpsons, and it with Chad. Like, out the way you. Yeah. <laughs> Big E's <laughs> not there for one week, and <laughs> Big E's just hinting at it. Anyway. Uh, right, let's talk about Nia Jax. Oh, I love her. Uh, Michael Cole's interview. Never in used ring. to, though, did you? No. Not a fan. Hate her. Um, she uh, said she shocked the world last week when she beat Becky Lynch. Um she said, that wasn't shocking, though. I'll tell you what is shocking. If I break your goddamn face, Michael Cole. And I was like, oh, please. How about you, Michael Cole? Let's start with you. I will break your ass in half, you little <laughs> head. Why not, yeah? Be defensive 24-7. I'll defend it 48-14. <laughs> How about I start with you, Michael Cole? Because I will break your ass in half, you little <laughs> head. Honestly, it's burned into my memory. 2000, I mean, 15, 14, 15, that yeah. kind of... It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think it was 15 years old. I was yeah. just like, I said, you can't say that in the Fed. <laughs> and like Bob Holly saying, I'll defend the hardcore title like 14 days a week is the perfect sequel to beat everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like um, instead, though, she is focused on the Royal Rumble, is Nia Jax. Uh, she says, oh, EF Sky or Rhea Ripley, you both can get it. And Rhea Ripley comes out, gets a great reaction. Um, and Ripley says, you like to talk a big game. You're acting like you've already won the Rumble. Do you not remember what happened last year where I threw you out? Um, you did beat Becky Lynch, but uh, Becky Lynch isn't really a bloody Ripley. Um, she told her to stop acting like she owned the division until she was ready to step to her. Uh, if you did win the Rumble, keep my name out of your mouth. Uh, and Jack says, look, I give you credit, Rhea, for being perhaps the most dominant champion in history, but I also dropped you on your ass when I returned. And the only reason I'm not holding the title is because you're afraid to face me one-on-one. Jack said she's going to win the Rumble. Choose Ripley. See you soon, unstoppable champ. I suddenly thought, oh, God, is Nia Jax going to win the Rumble? Loved this. And what made this segment sing was just the fact that, like, the Fed's pretty good. Now, once upon a time, you could have Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax in the ring, and it would have been like, well, they're both... Like, monsters of this division, of course you want that match, and maybe Nia will be a threat to the title, whatever. And it would have been fine, like, as matchmaking goes. Now you can be encouraged to do a bit of fantasy booking and try and, like, figure out, like, Triple H's plotting when there's still so many wrestlers that need to slot in at WrestleMania and Elimination Chambers in a stadium in Australia. So the assumption will be that Rhea Ripley will have a massive title match there. Here's one. Yeah. So, like, Nijax. But what we know is that Nijax doesn't need to win the Rumble to get that match. She can just piss Rhea Ripley off, and then Rhea Ripley gets to be the situational babyface against this everywhere she goes heel. So, <laughs> there you go. They're, like, they've just established a perfect Elimination Chamber match tonight. Uh, at the same time, Rhea Ripley, not only, like, negging Becky Lynch, but using her exact phrasing towards Nia of take my name out of your mouth, is that little shot to Becky Lynch, should Lynch win, and we get to that Lynch-Rhea yep. Ripley match that we wanted for ages. Then, which makes you think Becky's going to win the Rumble. Then, what you remember is, oh, she, but she couldn't get to Nia, could yeah. she? So when Rhea's beaten Nia, Becky's like, look, you couldn't beat her. Uh, sorry, Rhea's like, you couldn't beat her. What makes you think you can beat me? Yes. But then Becky gets it done. What does that leave us for backlash? Becky Lynch versus Nia Jax. All of that's to say Rhea could beat them both. Because Rhea Ripley's so dominant, yeah. she's been so effectively pushed in 2023 that she could absolutely just beat the pair of them and carry on as champion. 
this is what makes wrestling fun. This is what like some good booking and some ability to trust in the process and have a bunch of over characters at the same time allows for. This was good stuff made great by the promotion on four. No, I'm excited for. Well, not excited. <laughs> <laughs> I think every permutation of which there are many, which is logical permutations, mm-hmm. which is the hallmark of good booking that I wouldn't necessarily like lose sleep over. Oh God. Rhea and I are in Australia in a stadium. It's, I think that's got a bit of loose sleep. Oh, why I? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lose. I mean, I mean, you don't want to have to because it'd be on at like 10 o'clock in the morning our time. Well, I just wouldn't Suck do it. it, yanks. I wouldn't do it anyway. <laughs> I would just be like, ah, oh, I'll enjoy that when it happens. <laughs> maybe that says more about my like disposition in general. For the Fed. I wouldn't just say that's just, just, just in general. <laughs> just in general now. Just in general. Just in general. Uh, they show clips of the Rocks promo from the previous week, and they go to... I'll be all like your military game. Yeah, yeah. General disposition. Just in general. Just in general disposition. <laughs> I'm not just the best. I'm just in general. <laughs> I know you hate X Factor. Yep. Yep. You got anything else for me? You got anything else for me, Xbox? Because, uh, yep. Uh... Yeah, right, you're just stealing this Uncle Cracker song. Yeah, just shout the date factor over it. <laughs> Change the words? Nah. Um, shout over it. <laughs> um, uh, they try and interview Cody Rhodes, uh, and he gets jumped by Nakamura to set up the main event now being a street fight, effectively. Yeah. Fine. Probably should have advertised it as that, so I'd have been more interested. And then I would have watched the match and lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> they booked it last week. Well, they booked it for a few weeks now, but they booked it last week, and nobody thought... That's going to be really terrible. Should we stick some weapons in it? <laughs> yeah. You just call a street fight there and then. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And then we got the uh, women's tag title match. It was Carter and Chance. They, they bloody love to have fun, these two. Got their faces. There was, I, I was going to mention here, because I, I forgot to, I was worried I was going to miss it on my notes. There was an awesome spot. It was like a super hurricane runner from. That was good. That um, was good. From uh, Katana Chance, yeah. I believe. And then I thought, you know, annoy these two more than one shocked kick out face. Double shot kick out face. Uh, that's all I saw in this match was shot kick out face. I like the I like the Vader bomb bit as well. Yeah. Like I didn't hate this. 
Like, I did not hate this at all. The tag champions are hateable, fundamentally, but I did not mind the agent of this match at all. It was smoother than it could have been. Uh, than it, smoother than I expected is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, could have been worse. It looked like they were just going to destroy Chelsea Green early on, but obviously Piping Nimmy comes in and saves her. Um, stops Carter from getting involved. Um, Chelsea Green sent Chance into the uh, buckle face first. Pipe it a cannon brawl, cannonball to Chance. Roll. For a near fall, we go to it's a like break. NXT gimmick, doesn't it? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we come back, Carter blocks an unprettier, uh, but Green came back with it. It was basically a rough rider, wasn't mm, it? She yeah. hit. Um, but the ref's late because he's getting Chance out of the ring. Green's furious, obviously. Niven comes in and hits a cent on whilst Carter's draped over Green's knees, but Chance comes in to break up the cover. And it's... For setup, so Niven is going to hit Carter with a Vader bomb, but she doesn't realize that Carter's been pulled out of the ring by Chance and Green's there instead. So she Vader bombs her own teammate. Chance hits Niven with a lung blower, and they decide that's still not enough for Chelsea Green. We'll hit her with a keg sound for the one, two, three. Um, Chance and Carter retain the women's tag team titles. I will do the boring, dry analysis like based on the crowd reaction and how, if you can call anything subjective and objective success... They got knee reaction, the champions, when they came out whatsoever. It was a pretty dismal crowd, all told. Yeah, it wasn't a great crowd. Yeah, it's not a great product, so. And then this match was more dramatic than it had any right to yeah. be. It was quite well laid out. That comedy spot you just mentioned was quite good, and they've worked it quite well. And it was smoother than, you know, I expected. And the crowd got into it. Yeah. The amount of NXT faces in this match <laughs> was appalling. I cringed during it, and I continue to hate. Hate's a strong word, but I stand by it. I continue <laughs> to hate the faces on Chance and Catanzaro. Well, uh, Carter. Mm. Like, they're just so smug. The happy little... 20-something party life. And maybe, you know, there's a bit of projection on my part here. Because <laughs> I don't get the chance to do that no more. And maybe I had that exact same expression on my face when I was that young and, you know, <coughs> I love my EDM. Mm. Yeah, maybe they're all Did you live by the rules back then or? No, no I, I did. And I didn't at the same time. It was kind yeah. of a wild card. Maybe it's not NXT faces. Maybe they're all just pulling the faces that they put at those EDM festivals that Wade Barrett was on about. <laughs> Well, the typewriter jaw. <laughs> I understand there's some faces pulled at those events. <laughs> um, I, I just look, there's an obnoxious quality to that act that I will never ever get on board with. But you know, the crowd got into the match. They just for me, they just keeping those titles warm until Kyrie and Asuka can win them. Basically, possibly it's an uphill battle with Chance and Carter. But like on the evidence, of this I would say not an impossible one. Like they did. Yeah. It was the it was the wrestling that got fans into this act, which should tell WWE loud and clear that this gimmick isn't that likable, and it's inherently flawed, but like, look what, Katana Chance especially, I would say, look what kind of flavour she brings to these matches because of the stuff she can do, and the chemistry they've Great bump together. from Chelsea Green, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and I like Chelsea Green and Piper Niven too, I think they, like, we shouldn't just like not mention them, because that, that Vader bomb spot was the highlight of the match for me, and it's, you can only get away with that with certain teams, and and Chelsea Green's going to say something, basically, about Piper Niven costing her the match. Yeah. Piper Niven's going to say, what? S excuse you? Yeah, it's it's like, it's... Going to send her flying in the rumble. Yeah. Like, all of this was, like, really nicely laid out for, again, something that I, I don't necessarily believe that they've 
they've had this meeting backstage and thought, right, we really need to fix the women's tag division. Mm. Like, I still think it's just a matter of time before these belts get passed on to another makeshift team or whatever. But as a team out there, if you touch your leg, you vomit up black goo. So indeed, like you might as well go with Chance and Carter for a while because I think they, on this evidence, I think they stand the best chance of maybe like getting these belts back to a certain like the bar is really low for them, but just getting them back to the point of respectability. Yeah, they can kind of peaks just sort of out of like WrestleMania thirty five probably. Probably just before it started, I would say. No, not for me. Um, right. This next segment, I feel, is going to appeal to one half of this table. So I'm just going <laughs> to turn face this way. Havlet, there was a comedy feature in our truth Yeah, there was. Goated. Yeah, there was. So. <laughs> so Cedric <laughs> cites the punk thing from earlier on. <laughs> when I'm bad. I'm Satan himself. You're like bathed in a red, red light. light. Yeah. So, uh, R-Truth, there's a vignette on him. He talks Don't laugh as he says his name. <laughs> it's like Michael Cole. Oh. R-Truth. Yeah. It's R-Truth. It sounds like Michael Hamsley. Have you seen R-Truth this week? <laughs> he's, uh, he's born in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina on a cold January morning, and uh, he never forgot that uh, when the doctor was holding him in his arms, Truth looked him in the eyes and said, one day, I'm going to be in the judge one day. And that dream came true. <laughs> Um, he said, "He said it to him. <laughs> yep. He, sp- he looked in Doctor Fed's eyes and said, <laughs> one day I want to be that he was a baby.' Joke one. Tick. He, uh, I'm a fan of a visual gag, as you know. He says we've been through a lot together, and as we see footage of this, he's either just copy pasted a PNG of himself to look like he's part of the group, or in my favourite version, record himself against the green screen going, well, yeah, look at all them fireworks. <laughs> he said, we've been through a lot together. Money in the bank, and he's there, and he's, and he's got his own little ladder, hasn't he, yeah. Money in the bank. The Women's Royal Rumble. Bloody hell, look at all them fireworks. Judgment Day in your house. He's got the, his face on the cover now. Covering the face of the dead man. The VHS of Judgment Day 1998. He says uh, the Judgment Day have got an unbreakable bond. Uh, they might argue from time to time in amongst this. It's <laughs> footage of Truth from JD McDonough. But he says, uh, look, now now JD's gone. We're, <laughs> we're a real family. Me, Rhea, <laughs> Finn, Priest, Tom and Nick Mysterio. <laughs> Come on, Sid. Tom and Nick Mysterio. I don't get it. Dominic Mysterio, but our truth thinks there's two of them. And he <laughs> says, I've never met Nick. I've never met Nick. He's still my brother, though. <laughs> he thinks he's been called Dirty right. Tom. Okay, I feel stupid now. I've uh, not <laughs> grasped the <laughs> sophisticated nuance of our truth comedy. Maybe I watched it so glazed over. That's my uh, excuse. Yeah. Maybe I watched it and I saw the mock-ups of the, the Judgment Day as children and Baba's. Yeah, and I just paid no f-ing attention because it's absolute. I think this was. It's just not funny. This was the quintessential your good and bad version of everything. There's never been a good Photoshop gag promo ever before this one, and like two genuine poppers like Tom and Nick Mysterio. That's like that's that's. I'm go- I'm I'm, abs- I'm gonna go home tonight, and like. I'm going to do like some Hindu squats or something. <laughs> it's absolutely. Tom and Nick Mysterio. He's done it before though with the 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 it, it editing and stuff. Remember you and I watched that bit where it was like. Oh, he was doing it online, wasn't Dom it? Dom and Rhea were at some event. Or yeah, in Australia. Or something. <laughs> he was like, yeah, that's right, guys. And then they changed the image. And he, 
Honestly, right? So I know you just think I'm fed pilled now. Tom <laughs> and Nick Mysterio is a line, the quality of which I would have expected from that um, amazing Jericho piss take of the Cody video. Like, that's something Virgil would have said yeah. on the Inner Circle video. That's the, that line in particular, in terms of what that character is and, like, how you use him. Or sat, like when Sammy well, Guevara said he's, like, the youngest world champion ever. Like, that's that's. I mean, it was self-aware, so parodying. The people, the Inner Circle, were lampooning Cody mm-hmm. Rhodes and how earnest he is. Our truth has just had brain damage or something. And, <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it's meant to be... It's, like, it's, it's, it's not... I just cannot possibly, as a 38-year-old who has watched, like, sitcoms. Yeah. Like, good ones, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. I, like, I think it's, it's really subjective. I think this was wrestling funny. I thought it was funny. I also like the bit where he said, we're here to send a message to every WWE superstar on behalf of the Judgment Day. We're always here. If you want to talk, if you need your shoulders to cry on, as we always say, live, laugh, love. Pop three. <laughs> t-shirt, get the T-shirt. I'll get the live, laugh, love one out. Like, you know, he's been wearing that, um, like, Finn and Damien. Like, Finn and Damien, and Dom and Rhea, and R-Truth, and Tom and Nick. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll buy the shirt. Like, print that shirt and I'll buy it. I just uh, barely paid attention to it. I, I, I cannot watch this performer as a 38-year-old. The end. The pop, the pop at WrestleMania when he comes out. If it's remotely like the one that he got on this Raw, when... Realistically, at this point, the frigging awesome truth fight the Judgment Day for the belts. Like, it's going to be massive. I will say, It's going to be massive. I will say that I subjectively hate this. I don't find it funny at all. It kind of offends my sensibilities. (laughs) As an adult having to watch it, it's that bad to me. If they can get a really hot match out of the awesome truth, (laughs) I'll have to stand up and applaud. Yeah. Because it would be some promotional achievement on the part of Triple H. Like, novelist Milan Kundra <laughs> once wrote that Kitsch... I'm aware of Milan Kundra's work. Sitch. That Kitsch is the absolute denial of sh- Yeah, right. The absolute denial of sh- That's what Kitsch is, right? Okay. The awesome truth. Mm. Just pure... Like... Is there any redeeming... It was the thing that we inexplicably arrived at that, in part, in unholy union with so much else, ruined the one cool thing about WWE in 2011. Yeah. How is there nostalgia for it? I don't get... I don't... I I can't answer that question. Yeah. But the, the version that is going to be rebooted, apparently, might actually be over and get a massive wrestling... Not for me, but I will have to start. It's like, it's like getting Eric Escobar over for me. <laughs> it's, like, how are you doing this? He's, you know, like, I don't want to jump ahead. I couldn't get over the bit where the Miz was pointing. It was like a house show at, like, the rowdiest town you've ever been to. Yeah. Boo! Yay! What's going on? And like, again, like, the Miz has generated respect for himself all over again because of the Gunther feud. Between all over again. Wow. Oh, sorry, sorry I, I, I forgot he was cooking at no, no Mercy 2016. He was shoot-goated cooking in 2016. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he's got a hot wife. Don't forget that. Do you think she's hot, Wilbur? Yeah. Has he won many titles? Is, uh... <laughs> Hang on, let me change his <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah, sorry, carry on. There's more, more, there's more I like about this, but let's get to the <laughs> storytelling aspect in the next bit. Darren asked this this morning, we're talking about truth going into the Hall of Fame um, and the fact that, yeah, our truth has got the Judgment Day a new telly, um, but it was smoking. <laughs> yeah. As we got back, again, Priest can't control himself. He's quite amused by it. Jamie McDonough's pitching a fit with all this, um, but Priest is like, that's kind of quite funny, actually. And Rhea's like, we, we need to, yeah, but we need to deal with our truth. Balor is pissed about DIY. He says, DIY? They're going to need CPR, MRI, and EMTs, probably. Horrendous. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Horrendous. Um, Priest says, all right, calm down. Um, we should probably go after Drew McIntyre as well. And Rhea's like, we don't need Drew as an enemy. And he's like, yeah, actually, we don't. Drew's too much of a joke to be an enemy, so probably fine anyway. Um, and they say, oh, do you think it's a good idea to make an enemy out of Nia Jax? And she's like, I'll take care of Nia. JD, you take care of the Miz to set up this match. Uh, where JD McDonough was cornered by uh, Tom and Nick Mysterio. So <laughs> I, I really like this whole interaction apart from that stupid Finn Balor joke. Badly written garbage. The rest of this was tremendous. Uh, tremendous. The Damien Priest, like, first going for Drew McIntyre, who at this point kind of Rhea Ripley's got more respect for than her own group because he actually followed through on what he did, which is another reason why Drew's pissed off again. All these different characters that actually feel like they exist in the world rather than just for the one segment they're in. Uh, Triple H, world, Triple H is copying his own homework because our truth if he wasn't already, basically just became Sami Zayn in the Bloodline with yeah. the Judgment Day, and Damian Priest just became Jey Uso slash Jimmy, right, yeah. slash Jimmy, like with a high five bit. But we're going to get either on the road to WrestleMania. They could kill us before. I could be just like fantasy booking this, but I'm judging it off reactions and the way that like it's going down week on week and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It just feels like even if it wasn't the definite plan. Destination started to show itself here for how you could pay all this off. A bare minimum, an Andre the Giant win. For yeah. example, for truth. Aye, uh, something like that. But it just sort of, I'm not suggesting that this is going to feel as big as when Jey Uso stood on the floor with Sami Zayn and then he turns heel. They on call him. it the Andrew the Giant trophy or something. There ridiculous. was a typo yeah. on the screen. It was Andrew the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> that's what our truth that's that's our truthism. <laughs> that really is. But Damien Priest, like, having to decide whether just to kick his head off or side with him, it's going to be a fantastic moment in the building. And I honestly think that could get us to the. This tag match, hypothetically, if it was awesome truth, you could definitely get that to WrestleMania. Like on the undercard and Priest loses for the team and then all of a sudden he's belt free and, you know, he's got the briefcase again. I, it just felt to me like a bunch of directions more than a, what was initially probably just a silly comedy bit in the clubhouse back in November. Uh, yeah, then it was time for The Miz and JD McDonough and Truth showed up and everyone was like, oh, thank God he's here. Um, <laughs> Dom, inter- Dom interferes to allow McDonough to take control. God, going listening going on. He's got such a big head. And he's fighting the Miz. Miz comes back. Clothesline, yes, kicks. Uh, hits uh, JD in the knee. Sets up the figure four. JD McDonough makes it to the ropes. Um, and Truce out there cheering him on. Um, but that sort of distracts him. That allows uh, Miz to drop kick. Uh, McDonough into Mysterio, send him back in the ring, score crushing finale, one, two, three, and then Truth still celebrates with Miz regardless. Your judgment day about aren't happy about any of this. Oh, this is, like, this is what I want to watch. I'd take hot, <laughs> hot, loud, mid-wrestling with characters I'm invested in of, uh, like, medium atmosphere, really great wrestling I've seen a hundred bazillion times. I'd pick this over, like, four and a half star matches in 2024 because there's that many of those. Mm. Like, this is this is what I want. This is what I like. Fans bang into it. A story I like. I don't care. The crowd are ridiculous. Yeah, I don't care what if it was. JD McDonough are just exchanging the basics 
because it's like the whole thing on the screen is substantially more entertaining to me than just simply great wrestling. On principle, you're not talking complete nonsense. Thanks. But subjective to me, Miz. Yeah, the prerequisite, you absolutely have to feel this. Otherwise, yeah. I feel nothing. Yeah. I feel absolutely nothing. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out. You know? I it's like an eclipse, like you're not what? supposed to look directly at oh, it. Oh, because it's like the sun, isn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> ginger pubes. Seth Rollins comes out. He says, run the home stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rumble's coming up. After that, it's the road to WrestleMania. He's never taken a title into WrestleMania. All that changes. The year of Seth Rollins, he turned a title that didn't exist last year into the most important title. He's a workhorse. He's got some work to do, though, and the work's not done. Who's he going to be at the Rumble? Uh, the crowd chats for CM Punk, and Seth says, <laughs> in his dreams, the roster's stacked. And uh, as if to exemplify that, a former WWE champion comes out, Jinder Mahal. And I was like, oh. uh, <laughs> everyone basically looked, checked the watch, and it was. Uh, Don't sing me, <laughs> Jinder says, "Of course you're right, singing your own praises. How is it in the less than five minutes? I was more of a revolutionary than you've been in the past five years. Your only purpose is to entertain these clowns, these degenerates. You speak no truth. You bring no value. You throw childish temper tantrums. But I digress. You provide opportunities." <laughs> He wasn't digressing either. <laughs> yeah, no. he, uh, you're providing opportunities, um, except someone deserving like me. You have the audacity to overlook me. Let me remind you, I beat Randy Orton with ease. I see through all this. I've got your attention now. Seth says, I want to say something that uh, might well surprise you. You're right. We have been overlooking you. That's been on purpose. We're trying to forget you showed up last week and rock on your balls in a goddamn vice. Um... I respect the fact that you show up one week later, though. What I don't respect is you coming out and ruining the bloody party and getting in my face. So, yeah, you've got my attention. You sick of being overlooked? You want to do something these people will remember forever? Let me take a swing, bro. Um, Jinder doesn't. Seth goes, same old Jinder. Goes to throw the mic away, and, of course, as soon as he turns his back, Jinder attacks. Seth fights back. Um, Jinder hits a clothesline, pulls Seth up. Seth hits a super kick. Looks like he's hit to stomp, but Jinder rolls out of the ring and there's a stare down. This is pretty stupid. Yeah. Like, pretty goddamn stupid, this. Predictable verbiage to set up a predictable TV title match in this. And we've had a bit of this on SmackDown. I'm not against it fundamentally, but it's Triple H's Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. Let's start at the bottom and book the guys doing nothing first challenge for 2024. Is there, like, not- there are a lot of wrestlers where he's like... We've got an out for you. I'm going to try and fix that. It's not always going to work because there's a reason why you don't have anything for certain wrestlers. It's a, it was just I couldn't believe how stupid this was. I was like, actually, you know, within me there is a hater, okay? That just is. I can't deny it. 38 years old, I've just come to terms with the fact that there is a hater within me. And I just I kind of enjoyed elements of that of this role perversely on that basis. Spoke to the hater within that Finn Balor line of, what was it? Uh, like... No. How did he get to the MRI thing? DIY, more DIY. like more like MRI. They'll need EMT. That. EMT. EMT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's terrible. Oh, God, I love how terrible that is. Fear more, that isn't it? It's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, love how terrible that is. And this was like, right, okay, you do this bit, halfway inspired last week, where you promise former WWE champion is going to make that grand return, and then of course you use Jinder Mahal. Is the bait and switch. So if you say, 
Sorry, guys. Sound a little bit fun with you. Not that complete geek, <laughs> but The Rock instead. Seven days later. Oh, that complete geek we used as a punchline. The last former WWE champion you'll ever want to see. Right? What if he becomes WWE champion again in a match for the title against Seth freaking Rollins? Stupid. Like, absolutely stupid. And the match is going to suck. And Seth Rollins looked like an idiot here with the same old gender. Again, another obnoxious clown that he is. Uh, I thought this was absolutely stupid on every conceivable level. Is there not a bit of the Eve Marie Bailey to this? <laughs> with the threat of a Damien Priest cash-in as well. I get the You're comparison. Doing this again. What? You are, like... You are preemptively enjoying it with your optimism about what it could be. Yeah. That's good promotion then, isn't it? To get him excited for a thing that hasn't happened yet. It's a dog. If you want to promote something to Adam <laughs> Wilborn, why don't you get a ball and pretend to throw it across the room? That's what Jinder Mahal get in a title match is. Yeah. A fake throw of a ball across a room. <laughs> no, where's that title going? <laughs> you want to catch this? In between your teeth? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to? Let's do it. Let's try want to it. see if you can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try and see if we can do it. Do some panting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're back. Never that. Better have a finish. Like oh, if, the, oh if, yeah. if the well, you say that, but like who realistically? Like Seth's probably not gonna have a title match at the Rumble. Otherwise, what if like Jinder hits him with a chair? Is that, well, we're gonna have to have a bloody street fight at the Rumble. Hey, <laughs> like, I'm just thinking out loud. Like there's no Seth started this with. Ah, oh, I've never gone into Rumble as champion before. Like, uh, well, at this rate, you're not gonna are you? Because there's no match for you. Apart from this guy, this complete geek, this loser. Mm. I don't want that. I think it's just. I think it's going to be a Trojan horse for some Damien Priest cash in shenanigans. Possibly. It's funny to think of Seth. I'll give you the match of your life, Jinder. It won't be. They won't be taking the piss out of you after you get in there with me. I think they probably will. Probably will. I. Yeah. They probably will. Is my eye gone funny. Huh? Very itchy. Is it? Um, Have you got that thing where your like, lid goes down? Yeah, it's stress. Awful, isn't it? Stress, I. Every now and then. Stress and tiredness, I believe. Yeah. Never get it. Not me. Wait till you have a second kid. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You only got one, it don't count. We told you that. <laughs> uh, I love Ivar and Otis. They're big lads having a big lad fight. With a ridiculous spot in there, as always. Um, Ivar tried a spring- springboard crossbody, and Otis caught him and hit a world's strongest slam. Oh, my God. Better than the Viking rules, man. Yeah. Uh, Ivor followed with a sit out power bomb for two. Oh, is it a discus clothesline and the caterpillar? Elbow drop for two, but Ivor hit a roundhouse kick and a moonsault for the one, two, three. And Dazawa, for some reason, tried to confront Ivor afterwards. I got a bit sad watching this. Like, uh, the spot they did was really cool. Yeah. I'm not being facetious or like me that much when I'm saying it was legitimately better in that Viking Rules match, which, by the way, made it into my 10 best matches of 2023 list on what culture, which you can probably still read. Um, just, they did the big moonsault thing, and you look at the first, the rose visible on camera, and anyone reacts. Mm. It's, it's like, that. Yeah. It, this is a match that more than most proper needs, like, a soundtrack. You need yeah. the oohs and the ahs. You're just not getting them. Like, the people don't give a toss. And it was just a bit sad, I guess. I think sometimes you need these to tell you that people are past it a little bit as well. Like the feud, the uh, there's no there's no real, there's not much of a foo-ed anyway between yeah. them, but like even the matches now, 
I've had a few goes of this. Take a break, take a breather for a little bit. People aren't just gonna like take Ivar as he is doing big moons like this. We're all really greedy now. Like, sorry, the first time he did this in that match, what was it like last September, October? Oh my god, I yeah. push Ivar out of the moon. And then they did for a bit and it was really exciting, but we're all greedy and we all get bored quick and it's just right, it doesn't mean his career's finished, but we've hit our ceiling for this for now. Yeah. Save it, get rid of the WrestleMania showcase, or just make the WrestleMania showcase Viking rules. Yes, please. Yeah. A Viking rules match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jey Uso, we get asked if he's got any resolutions. He said, yeet. Uh, he's going to get his first singles championship in 2024. And Bronson Reed said, I've got the same goal. Don't get in my way. I had a bit of a problem with this as a big Jey Uso guy. I understand it's rumble season and the the story, if you want, can just be, I'm going to win the rumble. Every character should want their yeah. singles title. I don't have a problem with that at all. But it wasn't, it wasn't nailed on enough here. And whether by accident or design, the combination of this with CM Punk not naming him yeah. in the room. Felt like a bit of a lack of focus. Yeah. Like, he's called Main Event Jey Uso, and yeah. I will buy it, and it has worked. And people love the entrance, and it's, it feels big time when it's happening. Jane Jimmy has felt locked in for ages, which is to WWE's enormous credit, considering how terrible Tribal Combat was. And yet... Said it was going to happen. And yet, we should be... Jey Uso, of all people... Should be saying not just oh, I might win my first singles title like, like Intercontinental like Gunther might be quite nice US title. He should be saying I want to friggin' win the Royal Rumble, and we all know why that is. Yeah, you know, Tribal Chief, whatever. And then when he gets screwed, there you're on to Jimmy, whatever. I just felt it, very low stakes there. Did didn't it? Yeah. Maybe they're going to do some sort of qualifier, but I don't want to take Bronson Reed out of the Rumble. Mm. But it's one of those ones where maybe they say, oh, actually, you have well, to no, do because it. Jay Uso should now, if his main event is Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes and CM Punk, yeah. Well, the only person who had to qualify actually was like Ricochet or something. Yeah, if, if CM Punk and Cody Rhodes and Drew, I guess Drew, now, like the, yeah. Shinsuke can say I'm being in it. Yeah, Jay can yeah. almost certainly also say, "Well, I'm in it." Like, especially when look, look some of the geeks who are going to be involved. Yeah, without qualifying, it's always like a bit of a weird plot hole that no one gives a toss about. And uh, pedantic as I am, I don't either. Um, but I, Jay Uso, should be. Mm. Presented as someone who's like, oh, I'm automatically in. I'm entitled to it on the strength of my work. Yeah. Um, you, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, it's time to play the game. Time to play, time the, to play game. the game. Ha 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 Where is Raw next week? The Lick Your Air Center. No. The other reason I would ask you this question, I just want the place, not the name of the arena. The reason I'm asking Sidgwick here more than anyone. The Whitley Bay Ice Rink. Little Rock Arkansas. (laughs) 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 You always say it, don't you? You always say Little Rock when we're trying Uh, to No offense, I'd like to go. Quiet crowds, isn't it? Little Rock Arkansas. It's one of them places, isn't it? They've got the world title on there. (laughs) Seth versus Jinder. Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus The Awesome Truth. Uh, DIY, uh, in the meantime, have got a handicap match. Uh, Tom and Nick Mysterio and JD McDonough taking <laughs> on DIY and the return of Gunther, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought of you with a little rock. A little rock. little cock, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> right. Main event time is a street fight. Jesus Cody's Christ. We've got there. It's the fastest it's ever been. It's no five star review, really. That's why. Uh, it's time flies when you're having fun. Great show. <laughs> Until this main event, which was uh, a 10 minutes too long minimum. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cody Rhodes versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, they get into it early on. They brawl to the outside. The crowd want tables. 
Uh, and Nakamura goes under the ring and comes back with a broom. <laughs> Hits bro- hit Ro- Rhodes with a broom. Attacks him with a kendo stick to take us to a break. When we come back, Rhodes takes back over. He hits uh, Shinsuke with a kendo stick. Uh, Nakamura comes back with some knee strikes and some kicks. Uh, Rhodes hits a disaster kick for two. Grabs a table, but uh, Nakamura attacks him with nunchucks. Uh, Rhodes goes into the sort of timekeeper's area, grabs a chair. Nakamura goes to mist Cody Rhodes, but he ducks. And then timekeeper is the one who eats the mist. Berkeley Ottman, his cousin, Cody's, and the son of Tugboat, of course. Tug job coming in from Mania Payday is great. I want... I is want it tug job? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the gap master. I, uh... <laughs> I, I want I want Typhoon, Typhoon to like come and defend the honor of his son and uh, Cody's like Uncle Fred, leave it. It's not worth it. And then, I don't know, he gets their kicked off by Nakamura. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and Typhoon Tugboat and Viking Rude brawls. Oh my god. Yeah. Like Tugboat <laughs> Tugboat just stands at the front of the ring. He said you wanted a boat on the ring. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Treat yourself to a Tugboat promo on YouTube. He's Any of that. He thinks he's a boat. <laughs> He says one honestly where he's like, which again, sounds ruder now than in the more innocent times. <laughs> where it was like, because uh, when, you know, they're all had to just those, those screaming localized promos. Like, I remember when I was younger with all the other little tugboats. <laughs> like, hang on. Like, the little tuggers. All right, can I just stop you there, Fred? <laughs> I'll accept that you grew up on a boat. Phil lived on one for a bit. Yeah. You know, that people can live at sea. I get that. Are you telling me that you would, like, chat and play with the other tugboats <laughs> in the dark? I love how I was, I was always like the little, uh, little hulksters, little yeah. hulkamaniacs, <laughs> the little warriors. The little doomers. The little doomers. <laughs> the animal talking about little doomers. Instead <laughs> of ripping your head off, it was like the little doomers. Tell them, Hawk, we're going to slice your guts in half <laughs> for the little doomers. For the little doomers. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, shout out to Sean. The Mossad. little barbers got an instruction. Little barbers. All these kids. <laughs> the original scissorer. Uh, so, <laughs> understandably, Rhodes says, get Berkeley some help. Uh, but Nakamura uses this distraction to attack him with a chair. That was his freak thing. We did say it'd be a goody freak thing. I did not expect him to involve his own cousin and the timekeeper getting the mist in the face. He, he always has led fr- into it as well. I love that. I watched it on the replay. He's like, yeah. Always has a freak spot in him, Cody. It wasn't setting his back on fire, but what is? Yeah. Um, Nakamura's in control after we uh, come back from another break. Um, Rhodes sends him into a chair that's been wedged between the ropes, though. Two bionic elbows. He sets up the table, but Nakamura headbutts him, puts him on the table, and does a double knee drop off the top to send Cody through the table and get a two count. Nakamura goes and gets another table, props that up in the corner. Sliding German that he does. Flying knee strike gets another near fall. Goes for the Kinshasa, but Rhodes hit a super kick and a pedigree for two, and a Cody Cutter gets another two. Um, Nakamura counters the crossroads into a cradle goes for another Kinshasa but Rhodes sidesteps send him into the table hit him with a crossroads one, two, three Cody Rhodes has finally triumphed in this feud it finally is the operative friggin word this took bloody forever I was trying to just engage with this and it was impossible it was just a pretty tedious match layout for a start right um, I did tr- like try and just focus on something anything to just hold on to to just try and watch and Cody's selling was quite good. He's, you know, he knows about that Archer's back, the emotion of what he's trying to do, the logic. It's all fine. I really like Cody Rhodes. But I'm just, like, Shinsuke Nakamura is uh, entering his seventh year on this mm-hmm. main roster. What was he doing, Hamlet, in June uh, 2019? <sighs> got absolutely no yeah. idea. <laughs> this... Bad US title stuff, I imagine. Probably, yeah. who cares? 
It's just been the most mutually apathetic relationship where WWE haven't said this to him, but they've done this to him. It's like, oh, care about you some weeks, then just forget about you for months, and then maybe try and do something. And he's just gone. Okay. Great. I don't care. Don't care. And after a run that is longer than Steve Austin's WWE career. Correct. Full-time career. Mm -hmm. The Rocks. Even longer than the time Tyler Bates spent in development. Yes. Right. I think the ground that covers. I just, there's nothing behind anything he does. And I just cannot get on board with the fact that they've halfway grasped how to present Nakamura, who can really cut a great promo in Japanese. Finally, you figured it out. It took you six years. Well uh, done. Six years of the most nothing run you've ever seen, littered with underwhelming, disappointing matches. There's no aura to Shinsuke Nakamura, and there hasn't been for as long as he had one, realistically now at this point. He's like the Simpsons. Yeah. And when I watch him go f- ages in a match like this, I'm like, well, why should I care? And I and I don't, and it is impossible. I think, I'm sick of my intelligence being insulted. I'm sick of like, are oh, you cynical? It's been seven years and now, and I'm suddenly meant to go, all right, I care now. I physically find it impossible to give a toss about anything Nakamura does. There's something about the, your point about the promos, of which Nakamura's have been better. Of course they've been better. That I've not, I don't want people to think I'm, like I like when I talk about things I like, but I don't want to think about them just being generous to WWE for the sake of it. I don't like when WWE are getting roses thrown at them for allowing people to speak in their native uh, language. It's something it's I want to see. Like that should have been instituted uh, years ago. We, something like yeah, this. Are we lifting Stephanie on her shoulder on our shoulders for inventing women's wrestling in 2015? Yeah. Or Triple H for inventing feminism with evolution in 2018? No. It was decades behind the times, and this is that too. And yet it's like, oh, isn't, it, oh, isn't it brilliant? It's like ruffling, ruffle her hair for loads of the cool stuff. Not this. Loads nonsense. of the cool stuff. Tons. Like all the cool stuff. From like late 2022 oh, to now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, you had Punk on the show. I'd have taken five two-minute CM Punk bumps into so-and-so backstage and taken 10 minutes off this. Mm. Whatever this was, like you could have shaved 10 yeah. minutes off it. They've kept Coney Plund- busy, haven't they, basically? Aye, but like plunder stuff's pretty tired as it is. You've got to do it. You've got to work hard to make plunder and Crap plunder as well. Yeah. Pretty crap. I mean, Kendall stick and table. So I'm like, yeah. What did you say? June 2019? Yes. Before we wrap up, do you want to have a... It's time to play the game! Time to play the game! game. (laughs) (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha! What was Shinsuke Nakamura up to in June? Slash, I want to take you into July as well, because that's relevant. June, July 2019. (sighs) Was he feuding? He was. With Jeff Hardy. It's good. Uh, not yet, I don't think. I know he's doing something. Uh, he had a SummerSlam match with Jeff Hardy, but I'll never remember yeah. the era as long as I live. So he, it was the end of 2019, I think, that he started hanging around with Sami Zayn. In the Continental title club they had, remember that? Yes. Sir. Sami Zayn was like his manager. So I'm, I don't think this is right, but I'm just struggling to think of anything else. When they did the, like, I want you, Uncle Sam, Shinsuke, Stuff. So I'll say he was doing something with the United States title. It was like July. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, it's n- not correct. Of course it isn't. 
Uh, I will tell you that in on the 29th of June, 2019, he was in a tag match. With Cesaro. With Triple H. At a house show in Tokyo, Japan against, well, against who? Uh, the bar? Nope. 2019. I'll give you a clue. One Revival. Of these, no, one of these people is doing very well for themselves right now. Our truth. No, better. Far better. Samoa Joe and... 2019 heel that would hang around with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe 2019, what was... 2018 was the AJ stuff, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Was that 2019? Joe was the US champion for quite a bit in 2019. Friggin' wasn't. Uh, it's so funny to me, by the way, that Triple H put himself in a tag with Joe Nakamura in Japan. That is like the game. Triple H, that isn't it? All he also game. put a sort of weird. He yeah. must, he's only just recovered off his Spider Man meme in the, other, in the other corner. The game? Oh. I may have thrown you off with that one, actually. He's only just recovered from his uh, ripped-off titty that he got in Saudi Arabia, isn't he? Mm. He's back for Mania, man. Randy Orton. No. There you go. No, okay. Robert Roode. <laughs> Triple H, all his NXT boys, isn't yeah, you? Yeah. Right, let's go and give him 20 great minutes. You're here. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Extreme Rules 2019 on the 14th of July, uh, on the kickoff, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura won the IC title from Finn Balor in 7 minutes and 36 seconds. You'll never remember that as long as you're no. bloody leave. That happened for years and years and years, did it? Nah. Nothing happened. Nothing bloody <laughs> happened. Nothing happened. I'm amazed it wasn't a two out of three falls match based on the time. Uh, yes. Uh, well, on that note, uh, let us know your thoughts on Manarral, uh, on X, or in the comment section below. Uh, you can follow us at WhatCultureWWE. Watch, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... I'm Sidgwick. Well, our brilliant producer, Phil Chambers, at Phil My Chambers. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Bit of a topsy derby day today. So the NXT preview is available right now. And we'll be back to review NXT tomorrow as well. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dally Boys. I'm one of them. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.